and a lot of things are transitioning to online. But how do you keep the excitement? How do you make it not just not a meeting? How do you make it more than just another meeting? Because it's easy to under-deliver this excitement and get everyone bored in the first few minutes of the session. So there is a few things that I'm going to run with you today here from my experience with Inside the Show, which is a program that I run to help performers, presenters, put together really interactive and engaging virtual experiences for the last three years. And we've been doing amazing things on Zoom. I was talking to Ace uh, last week and he said to me, I have never seen someone leaving my show and saying, oh yeah, that was good. I, I, and there is a lot of people that could do that as well. They are always mind blown. So this is the level of experience that we've been creating on Zoom. And I'm going to share with you today, what are the things that can transform a Zoom session into truly unique experiences and things that you can apply right away. For me, it all comes down to starting before it has started. The way that you create excitement and you, you, you keep up this excitement is by doing uh, starting even before it has started. So for example, if you are running a Zoom session, a group session, the invite is the first one of the first contacts. The invite is one of the first contacts. And I see a lot of people using the Zoom registration uh, form, and these are very, very bad. <laughs> they look horrible. I know you can customize, and for those who don't know, if you you, you have an option, an option on Zoom to make it a registered event so people can sign in and they receive an email and a reminder, but it looks pretty poor, the original Zoom invitation system. I would recommend that you use something that looks beautiful because you want people to be excited about the events the moment that every single point of contact, contact that they have with your event, with your session. So we start by having a really nice looking invitation and you don't need to be tech savvy to do that. There is a service that I always recommend that is called Luma. Uh, it's lu.ma. I will have the description, the link in the description as well. It's a free service that allows you to create your calendar invite for your sessions. And it looks outstanding. It looks stunning. You can fill it out with the information. You can add images, videos, and it has social proof. You can show the first name of the people that have um, said uh, markets to RSVP to come to the event. So you have a list of people that are coming, only their first name. It creates the Zoom call automatically for you, so it's easy. It makes things easy. And also it will give you a very nice statistics at the end. At the end, you have this graphic that looks like if you ever did a live streaming on YouTube, you know, there is a graphic that shows how many people there were for every single minute of the session. So you can see how many people were in the call after the event happens and who specifically specifically were these people. So it's a pretty end-to-end, um, -end, uh, pretty good end-to-end -end service that I, I will tell you that it's worth a lot, your time to, to look into it. It's pretty simple as well. So have a nice invitation and start the excitement even before the session has started. That's the, the first thing that I will tell you. The second thing is make sure that 
you are at a higher resolution. People are using it every day to see meetings that are 360p, which is a very low resolution. This is a, uh, what would be called a standard resolution. It's very, very bad. But that's what people are using. Zoom will always deliver this quality if you don't ask the support to enable you enable HD resolution, uh, more specifically group HD resolution on your account. You have to talk to the Zoom support. If you don't talk to the Zoom support, I can assure you that you won't have it. And you only have to talk to Zoom support on. So if you already did and you already tested that you have it, then um, you're good. And if you don't know and you want to more details about this, I have an, a podcast episode, one of the previous ones that I talk specifically about how um, how to upgrade your and, and unlock this higher quality on Zoom. I think this is episode three, if I'm not mistaken. So by doing that, you are already doing something different. You because your webcam. It, all webcams today can go up to 1080p. And all the qualities, uh, that's full HD, full high definition. And what Zoom is delivering by default is standard definition, which is, let's put, three times less quality than what your webcam is capable of. So you can double the quality that Zoom offers just by emailing the Zoom support if you are a paying member. So this is something that you must do. And this is something that you have to tell your clients to do as well if they are the ones creating the Zoom link. Um, just by doing that, you are already going to start a call with a better resolution, a better quality image without doing anything, without doing changing your webcam or nothing. You're already gonna bump up the resolution, bump up your, the impression that you're giving, you are transmitting to your audience. This is going to build up as things that will take them out of this atmosphere of this is more than just another meeting. So make sure that the resolution is good after you do that. The next thing that you will want to do is um, create an, an, an entrance. It's not just another meeting. What, what, what does a meeting look like? A meeting looks like you schedule a time, one People enter within this, the next first minutes and they will start to, to talk with each other. This is a meeting. Anyone can talk at any moment, anyone can interact and it doesn't really matter. Even if there is a presenter, someone that is uh, responsible for doing a presentation or doing a uh, moderating the, converse, uh, the, the conversation, it is unstructured. When you are delivering a session uh, uh, there is more structured. We are talking about uh, a magic virtual show or a group mentoring session, a training program, a teaching environment, anything that people are coming to Zoom to have this experience with you. You have an audience and an audience is not a meeting and Zoom is optimized for meetings. So everything that Zoom will do by default is optimized for meetings, not for audiences. So yes, you have work to do, but I will make it easy along the way with this podcast and with all the content that I have also on Instagram. So I'm here to help you make the most all out of Zoom and the virtual space when it comes to being in front of a virtual audience and delivering an incredible experience. So 
uh, audience experience is different than a meeting. People will, are going to arrive and you don't want them to be just looking to your face and waiting for something to happen. And it would be way better if you have like some music, some screen and a timer, countdown timer, for example. This looks very professional and this helps the audience. This helps the audience know that they are in the right place. This helps the audience maybe prepare. You could add some information about how they can prepare for the session. Maybe they, they, they need to pick up something uh, um, to take notes or whatever it is that they might need or just inform them that this is about to start. Having this screen is very important and you can do this in a few different ways. The, the most basic way uh, it would be sharing a video. You can share on Zoom, you can click to share screen and then you can share a video. You just want to be very, very careful with the volume. I was helping this group on uh, prepare for a very big uh, cohort session. I'm, I'm talking uh, hundreds of people uh, in the cohort session. It's a very uh, important one. And the, they didn't know that the volume would be different than the, the they were hearing. And it's difficult to know if you have never done this or if no one has ever, if you have done it and no one has ever told you, it's almost impossible to know. And it's one of those things that people won't tell you. The volume that you hear when you play a video, when you share a video on Zoom, is not necessarily the volume that people are hearing on their end. And oftentimes it's, it can be way louder or it can be way quieter. It's difficult to tell. You have to have someone else in the call, in a call, in a test call, and listen to it to make sure that the volume is good. There is a lot of other ways uh, to make sure that your volume is specific correctly uh, and calibrated without depending on someone hearing it. There are some um, metrics that you can really measure the loudness of your voice, of your music, to make sure that everything is calibrated. It's a little bit more complicated, so I will save these to another episode. But what I can tell you right now is, this, is, that, you, is that you have to test any music, any song that you're going to play during the session with someone else and make sure that the volume is good. So having this screen is uh, in the beginning, this video in the beginning, where it could be a countdown video. It's going to already help you transform what would be just a meeting into something else, something more than just a meeting. And if you want to spice up, I what I really recommend, although you can do that with a video, what I really recommend is that you use OBS Studio. OBS Studio is a software that it, it creates what's called a virtual camera. So if you have multiple cameras connected to your computer, you can connect Zoom to this OBS virtual camera and you can switch the cameras with the press of a button. And you can also not only show cameras on Zoom, different cameras on Zoom, but you can show videos. You can show screens, different screens, which OBS Studio call, um, calls scenes. So you can have different scenes. One scene can be your camera one. Your other scene can be your overhead camera for note taking or these kind of things. 
and you can have another scene that is your entrance. The uh, uh, a screen that plays in a loop with a message with a countdown. So you can transition between this countdown and the the actual camera so that you can run the session with the press of a button. It's really, really fast. So work on your entrance, work on an entrance so that they can arrive. So see how we are building this up. You are starting with a nice invitation using Luma, for example, that's what I recommend. Then you're making sure that your quality on Zoom is higher. So they, they are arriving at the call at another level or at another quality level already. And then you they have an entrance when they join the Zoom session. So by then I can I can I can assure you that they will at least start perce perceiving that this is not just another meeting. They will be more interested. They will be more open to participating couriers to what is coming up. So with this just these three steps, you can already elevate the, the openness of your audience. And from there, there is um, the next level that you can do to, from there to create something that is really not another meeting. It's understanding the workflows of Zoom, understanding how Zoom works for uh, the best way to control Zoom, to use Zoom workflows for an audience experience. Again, Zoom is optimized for meetings. Every, everything that is developed on Zoom is for meetings. So you have to fight against that if you want to create a, uh, an experience. And when you do, it's outstanding because no one is expecting that. No one is expecting such a great experience on Zoom. So you, uh, and it's easy to create one. So you just have to learn how to create, how to use it to its, to its best. And what I'm talking now is about the workflows for creating an audience environment on Zoom. To create an audience environment, environment on Zoom, you want to know how to spotlight. Spotlight is basically a button that you can press when you click on the three dots next to a participant. You have the participant list or you have the participant video. If you just hover your mouse on the participant and click these three dots, you will have the option to add or replace the spotlight. What it will do is make sure that every single one in the call is seeing this person you put the spotlight on. There is though another option that is called pin and this is confusing because it did look the same. What's the difference between pin, spotlight? I wasn't gonna tell you right now. Spotlight, when you hear spotlight, think about this theater, the spotlight, pium, that goes on the theater and put the lights on the person and everyone now is seeing this person. Think of spotlight as the, the big thing that makes everyone in the center, everyone in everyone's attention. Pinning is just for yourself. Whenever you pin someone, nobody sees. And you're not going to really be using pin when you are starting out. Um, yeah, I, I don't, we don't, at least on Inside the Show, we don't use pinning on, on Zoom, the Zoom app. We use, we have other different workflows where we use um, something similar to pre-select participants to bring into screen. But the, the basic, the, the, to start out, you're not going to be using pinning. 
you're always going to be using spotlight and you're going to spotlight the person that is speaking. So if you are the one speaking, you just spotlight yourself in the beginning of the session. If you don't, people will arrive and they might be on the gallery view and they will not know. Uh, maybe I was in a call with, uh, I think, 500 people and there were 50 people in the gallery and I, the speaker was talking and I couldn't find him. I was looking and because there was a, for some reason I couldn't find him. And this is what's going to happen with people as well. If you don't spotlight yourself, you're not creating an audience experience, you're creating a meeting experience. In a meeting, everyone will, see, will always be seeing each other. In a virtual presentation, you want to control what your audience sees. So make sure that you spotlight yourself. And there is a mistake that people make when they spotlight. They actually, there is a mistake that people, <laughs> there is something right that people don't do. And not doing this thing is actually a mistake. When they spotlight themselves, they don't switch to the gallery view. So you just spotlight yourself. What is going to happen is that everyone is going to see your camera, including yourself. You will see yourself big on screen. You will be looking to yourself. But you can go to the right corner on Zoom and switch to gallery view. And this won't affect anyone else. Everyone will still be seeing you big on screen and you will be seeing the gallery. And this is so important because you need to be talking to the audience. And by looking to the audience, I, I, I really... I, I can't understand when, when people will do these virtual experiences and they won't be seeing the audience. How can you present if you cannot see the audience, if you cannot read the audience? It's, it's not just not the same thing. You're not reaching your full level, your full potential of present, presenting, the full potential of connecting with the audience. So this is a very important step, making sure that you can see the audience. In another workflow, that transforms this into an audience experience is making all possible to unmute just when you want. If you click on the security icon on Zoom, it will be just next to the share screen in the middle on the bottom bar. You have a security option in there. And by clicking in there, you can switch whether people can unmute themselves or not. So you can tell people that users cannot unmute themselves. In this way, no one is going to interrupt you. I've seen presentations where people would be coming on and off with their mics on and it would interrupt and distract the presenter. And it's terrible. It's distracting for you, it's distracting for the audience. And then it just turns into a meeting, not a, an audience experience. So you want to know how to do these controls. And it's pretty simple. You just go to security and you click to allow audience to unmute, uncheck, allow audience to unmute. And to test all that, you need to be in a call with three devices. Because if you just create a Zoom call for your tests and it is uh, just you and another device, it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one meeting. And this is different than a group meeting. You won't have spotlight, for example. And if you create, Actually, if you add a third device to the call, then the call becomes a Zoom, a group Zoom session. And then you have available the group, uh, the spotlight, and other options for audiences. So you always want to practice 
with at least three connected devices. And practice is so important that inside the show we have what we call the simulator. It's a call that stays 24 hours on with pre-recorded participants that you can interact with, you can, you can pretend that you're interacting with, you can spotlight and try everything, unmute, mute the audience, try all these workflows 24 hours. And this is something that we created to help the members be confident when they arrive at a call. And if you are not a member of Inside the Show, what you need to do is create this call with at least three devices, and then you're going to be able to simulate a, a group call and try all of those things. So this is my actionable steps for you to starting today, transform your Zoom group sessions into more than just another meeting. Complete these steps, make sure that you start with um, this level of connection with the audience, this level of excitement, even before the session, and work out your way into making sure that the quality is good, that you know the right to, how to transform the, the meeting environment into an audience environment, and if you have to listen to it again, just take a listen to the pod podcast again, and I ensure you that your audience is going to be more open and more ready to participate, to turn on their cameras, and you're going to be having fun as well when you're doing these sessions. So if you want to know more about more tips about how you can make the audience turn on the cameras, because this is a struggle that I know that we all have uh, difficulties to, to make the audience wanting to engage with you, to make the audience wanting to turn on the camera and allow you to feel and to see the audience. If you want to know what are the ways that we are doing, that I am doing to make the audience open their camera, to have more success having them opening the camera, take a look at the listen and <laughs> take a listen at the previous episodes and I give you actionable steps on how to start doing that and get more, getting more results with having people to turn on their cameras. Thank you for listening and I will see you soon. Bye-bye.